G'day folks, Chris McLean back with yet another episode of the show and in the studio today I've got Laura from Checklist Group and they serve fitness studios across Australia uh, and started to go to the Asian and New Zealand market. They're not only a lead generation solution for fitness studios but also a sales service. Checklist bring in new, bring in new leads, create the whole back-end process and convert the leads for the studio so that they can focus on in-house operation and retention. They're also currently developing a successful coaching solution for those who may not have the budget but still want to learn that process and do it themselves. Sounds very, very interesting. Laura, thank you so much for dropping by the show. Good to have you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> my pleasure, my pleasure. So we, we were actually just talking about the show. We're sort of leading into maybe peak season for fitness, uh, brand new year, new year, new me, all that good stuff. January 1st, everyone <laughs> looking to get 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 their summer bodies ready. <laughs> so. That's it, definitely. Yeah, it's actually quite interesting because a lot of people think that um, December and then January is quite busy, but in Australia mm. um, things don't start to pick up until February because everyone feels like they need to wait till uh, Australia Day to, yeah, right. okay. to get past all that and then February is the news resolution time. <laughs> right, right. So you binge all the way through to the end of Jan and then feel 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 guilty and bad about yourself and then go, yeah, better start <laughs> going to the gym now. <laughs> That's it, very true. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what got you into the fitness industry? Let's uh, start there. So um, you was this is this your first sort of agency foray? Were you doing marketing advertising before or fitness before or how did you end up where you're at now with checklist servicing fitness studios? Yeah, sure. So um, when I was at uni, I had just a, I guess I was just a, uh, just like a manager at a gym, just anytime fitness and okay. um, just yeah. paying the bills while I was at university. I did a, um, a bachelor degree. Um, I did a bachelor degree at uh, the UTS to do business management. Um, Chris, are you still there? Yep. Yep. Still here. Oh, perfect. Um, and, and yeah, so I did that and I actually did event management and then, um, just pay the bills, did anytime fitness. And then, um, once I finished uni, I actually went into children's entertainment, which was great. All and right. there was a bit of a sales process there. And I was like a sales operations manager mm. creating children's events, which is nothing to do with fitness. Um, <laughs> however, when I wanted to explore a little bit more, I had a background in fitness. I used to play a sport called European handball. Um, oh, when right. I was, I played for Australia, which was pretty yeah. cool. Oh. Um, so I always had an interest in fitness. And then I guess I just really used what I knew for sales. And I do apologize. You can see my animals. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what I used, learned from sales, I then um, I decided to combine my two skills and create a fitness, like a yeah, fitness right. I guess, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How I started it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's often how it comes about. You so sort of got a bit of this, and I got a bit of that, and yeah. Um, did what was the the sort of pull to to set up your own thing? Was it just didn't want to work for anyone anymore? We just weren't happy doing what you're doing. You felt you had something unique to add to that space. Was there a a particular yeah. catalyst for sort of shifting to agency space? Yeah. So I never really. In all honesty, I never really thought I would create a marketing solution mm. um, because there's so many agencies out there. Uh, but I think the pandemic <laughs> kind of encouraged me to go down that route because I had to adapt yeah. and find a way to make money. And um, mm. I had so much time on my hands to learn new skills. And 
in all honesty, I guess with the, I guess why I decided to go into business was I just wasn't happy. And I think yeah. there's a certain type of person who I always, it's, it's called the type A personality who's <laughs> can't be run by anyone essentially um, mm-hmm. and wants to have their, you know, hands in everything. Um, yeah. I, I even did corporate for a bit and, to be honest, I got myself in so much trouble because I wanted to help everyone. I wanted to do everyone's <laughs> job. Um, and, yeah, so from that I was like I need to do something mm. myself or I'm never going to be happy. And so mm. I kind of pushed myself to try new things. I have had failed businesses, but then this one kind of stuck and um, the pandemic actually helped it grow um, very yeah. fast. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it must have been a very um, – made- yeah, a couple of points. So a lot of agency owners find their way that way. And I think particularly over the last couple of years, mm. people have been doing something and had to sit back and go, what the hell do I actually want to do now? And I've yeah. still got to pay the bills and maybe my job's shut down. So how do I pull those skills together to do something valuable? Yeah. Um, that's sort of the first part. So, yeah, that, that's yeah. really, really, really interesting way to get into it. And a lot of agency owners come to agency business that way even if they don't have sort of marketing advertising backgrounds, like I want to contribute something um, and then finding someone you can go out um, and help do that with, um, particularly over the last couple of years. Interesting is obviously gyms have been, um, particularly here in Melbourne and in Australia, gyms and all around the world, gyms have been a very, very um, hard business to be in as as soon as there's lockdowns. They're one of the first to sort of get shut down and locked yeah. down and closed down and restricted. Um, so how, how have you been able to support gyms? Has it been more on, offline, act, online activities? Has it been changing their business models up? How, how have you sort of managed to help fitness? Yeah, gyms sure. So there? I'm actually in Sydney, um, but okay. in, so but definitely Melbourne was heavily mm. impacted, I think. Yeah. Um, we're, we're very much lucky I guess this particular business that I have clients all over Australia. So I do have some in, um, in Perth, I have some in South Australia, I have some in Queensland. So if a state did go down, um, then I was, I guess the business was kind of backed up by those other Mm. states. And also there are still studios out there who did have to adapt on their online presence um, Mm. or like, you know, you can't physically be in a studio. So uh, they would do like virtual events, so I helped, I guess, develop that for them. Um, yeah, right. But then also like boot camps and everything like that. So there was there was actually one studio we had, which was absolutely amazing. They um, they continued their marketing and their sales process with us throughout all of lockdown in Sydney, um, where most of the studios did pause because obviously cash flow was low. Like it was just better for them to. Yeah, yeah. They felt like it was better for them to pause. However, this particular studio ended up double, doubling their business within the three-month period because they kept marketing and sales running because they came mm. up with a completely new business structure, um, which was just amazing. Now they're in the best position ever, really, yeah. just they kept going. Um, yeah. That yeah. adaptability, that's, a, that, that's something that's the, the, a lot of businesses, but particularly one like cafes and retail mm. and um, hospitality and gyms that really been the hardest hit in terms of staying yeah. open and they yeah. really had to adapt how they think about their business and how they particularly if they haven't been online but a lot of these you know moving to zoom classes and this sort of really adapting um, yeah. how they operate and Definitely. it's a, a great case study of someone who's been willing to kind of take that 
that leap of faith and it's actually 3x their business in, in that time yeah. like that's business business stop i think and i think mm. um i think that's one thing where those who are the most successful in business are those ones who you know use the pandemic or use a lockdown period as an opportunity it's not necessarily as an opportunity yeah. where you're like all right, I'm just going to switch off for three months, but it's more about like developing the strategy. What are you going to do next? Mm. What can you do to generate cash flow? Um, which I would say 80% don't do, and it's the small 20% which keep going, um, mm. even though they're in the worst position ever, uh, yeah. but setting themselves up for, I guess, the success when everything reopens. Mm. Mm. And yeah. have you found that with that that particular client or other clients as a case study that now they've kind of got multiple streams of income in the business and they're much more resilient? They sort of built that digital, but now the gym's yeah. open as well, so they sort of got that double win. So. Yes, this particular this particular studio is a franchise, so obviously they're a little bit more restricted right. in terms of what they can provide. But um, but I think. But I think that's just in any any sort of business, like even with us, like, um, you know, my very first business I started and I invested in was in children's entertainment. And it was mm. um, uh, it was like a, I guess, a bring your kind of bring your child to work day service where big corporates hire. And obviously that did yeah. that had to stop because um no one was working. Yeah, everyone left the city, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was like a massive, I wouldn't mm. call it a mistake, but a massive learning curve for me and um, mm. from that, but I still developed a virtual program and I still created all these like crazy subscription boxes and um, although it didn't work, you learnt, you learnt a lot and yeah. I think that's, I think finding, I guess in business what I've noticed is your failures and as cliche as this, as this is, the more you fail, the more you learn and then the more, um, you're actually taking that next step further into your business, which I think a lot of people expect to put marketing, put sales, and then turn the green light on. You're like going to become a millionaire. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't work that you work that way. You have to fail a couple of times <laughs> until <laughs> you kind of get the right formula. Um, yeah. So that's the same with studios. I, mm. I think it's a mentality thing. Again, comes Absolutely. with the type A personality. Yeah, yeah. So entrepreneur, that's yeah, entrepreneur mindset growth. Like yeah. that, that's essentially a, that's a growth mindset, right? That yeah. ability to look at a challenge and go, how do I get around, under, through, over? How do I Definitely. figure this thing out? Rather than okay, there's a barrier there, I'll just give up. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that that drive to actually that that's that entrepreneurial spirit, I guess. Um, yeah. and as you said, it, it's a cliche, but things are cliches for a reason. It's because exactly. there's there's an inherent truth in there, right? And that. This idea of failing forward and be willing to fail, right? Yeah. And see it as a learning experience. That's a, ma a massive mindset. Because yeah. um, yeah. as, as you said, business isn't, if it, if, if it was easy, everyone would be a billionaire by now. Yeah. Um, but it is it is a struggle. But being being willing to struggle and being willing to lean into that, that mm -hmm. failure, I think, is a, a, <clears throat> a, major, a major point. Um, was that something you really found out more so, um, I guess, given the, the the environment of the last couple of years and starting a business during a pandemic, you certainly picked a, a, a pretty volatile time to learn all of this. So it must have been a pretty uh, steep yeah. learning curve for you. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think every, during the pandemic, I think every business has had to adapt to a degree and, um, you know, there's a lot of businesses which haven't, which, which have failed. And back to the point of like studios that, the studios which are coming to us, um, you know, uh, there's a wide range, ones which have, 
you know, lost members but have maintained a decent member base to ones which mm. have literally switched off everything and starting completely from yeah, scratch. Right. And um, and you can obviously tell which one which one's going to be a lot easier to <laughs> get back up and running. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, again, I think it comes with back to the, you know, the entrepreneurial mindset. I feel like people who are in business who want to be in business will often find ways to make money, find new, you know, get learn a new skill. Like I learned how to do Facebook marketing in yeah. the pandemic. You know, I knew the sales bit, but I like I was first mm. just a sales service and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And then I learned it and then, then we grew and then I had to find employees and I had to train employees and it was also new to me. And in, in all mm. honesty, you're also constantly learning. Um, yeah. It just means in the pandemic you have to learn a lot faster. Mm. <laughs> That's the only problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it certainly accelerated that process, which which is yeah. again, some people could see that as a negative, some see that as a positive and, and an opportunity, which obviously you've had, you, yeah. you you've seen it that way, and you've lent into that experience of yeah. rapid acceleration of learning and building yeah. your team. Um, so, what what does that look like for you now? What what does that team structure look like? Yeah, so um, including myself, we have seven. So oh, well. seven, yeah, so. Seven people who help with the marketing, the sales, the admin, the accounts, all of that. So from, you know, from the very beginning of the pandemic, starting back in 2000 and was it 2020? Yeah, 2020, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just me. It was just me and I was kind of juggling it. And then within about a month, it literally took off. Um, and I actually was very grateful to um, become a preferred supplier of a franchise. And that definitely made me grow mm. a lot faster yeah, so then yeah, nice. um so yeah so within like within within about three months i had already hired probably two to three full-timers and then including myself and then yeah. um and then this year then we've we've grown even more so mm. um yeah definitely a fast growing process but i i do still believe like you got to kind of have to be thrown in the deep end to learn those systems and processes and adapt and um because you know what works faster and what doesn't mm. work faster. Um, yeah, and and yeah. in all honesty, that's, you know, I, I changed my pricing structure about three times. I changed mm. my logo about two to three times. I changed my <laughs> website twice. So, um, mm. so, yeah, it was definitely like what works, what doesn't work. If it doesn't work, can it see, you know, do something else, evaluate if it mm. works, if it does, great. Um, but that's something in business I think you are constantly evolving, you're constantly upgrading and you're, you know, you're never going to be comfortable and which is very, very scary because I think a lot of people <laughs> go into business thinking like, yeah, I'm going to go to business and I'm going to sit on the couch, you know, sipping margaritas yeah. and it's definitely yeah. not the case. Um, you're always, <laughs> always adapting, always changing and it's, it never stops. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the kind of the truth and the reality of this stuff that, again, mm. it, it's really hard to, to sell that to business owners. Hey, this, this is going to be shit. It's going to suck. It's going to be really hard. You kind of, yeah. gotta, I guess, sell the dream a bit, right? Otherwise, no one would get started. Um, but you've yeah. obviously you've obviously got a, a, a right mindset for this. Do you think that you sort of mentioned you played high-level handball? Do you yeah. think um, that a, a lot of this mindset came from that? sort of performance, oh, high performance, sort of sporting background, 
I'm just interested to see, like, yeah, 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 competition, figuring stuff out, trying to you know perform on the field. Do you think that really helped with this develop this mindset for you as well? Yes, and I also am one of six kids, so okay, there you go. <laughs> and I'm the youngest. <laughs> okay. That so, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and they all played handball as well. So it was oh, wow. um, very competitive. Um, wow household my dad was in business himself mm-hmm. um but he did he didn't he was like a bit of a controller like myself yeah. <laughs> so he didn't hire anyone he didn't hire anyone he did it himself he felt like he could do it himself mm-hmm. um and he was very successful in what he did and then um I guess that I guess his influence influenced me and then mm-hmm. in my my crazy family who I'm the youngest and it goes up to 30 seven years of age and um yeah it's you've been in a big household mm. I tell you what you get bullied you, gotta compete. <laughs> you get bullied and you get mm. forced into trying to you know beat them in cross country beat them in swimming lessons and mm. um so I think that that's probably where I would probably say it's probably come more so yeah yeah, yeah no that, that that makes a lot of sense now coming coming from competition and I guess yes. have, having to figure stuff out, right, as, as the youngest in the family or oh, in a family that size, you're always kind of reorienting and changing yeah. yourself and adapting to those um, yeah. sort of live wire situations. I'm interested in why, why was, I guess, you, you did you get into handball because that was in the family? Was handball, okay. Is handball also like a massive thing in Sydney? Is it, was it just no. a, a, that just happened to be the sport that your family was involved in and you yeah, enjoyed it as I well? Think- yeah, handball's not very popular here. Yeah, um, yeah it's not a ma- it's much more of a European type sport. It is, yeah. I mean, I don't play anymore, but um, mm. definitely, I would say like my brothers, I, I, you know, my brothers started playing. I used to always go to the games, mm. and then it's probably just my show off attitude. <laughs> <laughs> my show off attitude as a kid, probably just like, yeah, I'm going to do that as well. Yeah, um, do it better. You know, yeah, I'm gonna do it better. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the captain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I think yeah, probably just because in all honesty, probably because they did it as that's probably what influenced it. I mean, there's no regrets mm. there. I've had some great experiences. I used to play soccer as well as a kid, but again, okay. because my brothers played. Mm. Um, having three brothers and it's like a bookcase yeah. between me, my sister, and then my three brothers in between. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, we used to always have like we used to like host mini Olympics between us and it was it was ridiculous like marathons and here I am like a seven-year-old trying to keep up with my you know 14-year-old brother which you know never worked of course yeah um but yeah I I think yeah probably family brothers Mm. they make you tough (laughs) yeah yeah you obviously gave you some yeah that toughness and that grittiness and resolved and and resilience to yes face challenges and 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 overcome stuff and and they said see obstacles as something to move through and around and sort of figure yourself out rather than stop and go, well, I've, I've hit a barrier now, I'm going to stop. You will see that that competitive drive, something that served you really, really well. Um, what get, getting sort of back to that team, are you, what does that team structure look like? Are you fully remote agency? Are you all locally based? Are you offshore onshore? What's yeah. the structure of that team like for you? Sure. So again, back with adapting and changing <laughs> mm. the processes on an ongoing basis. At the moment, I think we've mastered the, I guess, the structure. Um, I did have an office in Sydney, 
But after having the office for a year, I decided there was no point yeah, <laughs> because yeah. it was just, there was no point in it. Mm. Um, and I might as well just put that money into other things. So we completely went remote. We don't need, I don't, the team doesn't need to be here. Like they're all very, you know, self-motivated people. So um, we have, I've got one person in Victoria, one person in Perth, which is great. Two people in um two people in Sydney and then myself. And then I do have two uh, Filipino virtual assistants who are actually very heavily involved. I know a lot of people outsource, but if you find mm. the right one, um, they, they're they amazing. They're, yeah. I wouldn't be able yeah. to do the business, what I've got here, and um, they help do the website and um, mm. things mm. which I don't have time for and which are, they're far better than me at. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's another interesting point. When you, as agency owners, we often start as the craft. We start as everything, right? We're making coffee, making sales, building the website, yeah. doing the marketing, updating social, and trying to deliver and, and onboard clients and do all of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, was that was that sort of has that been a quite a conscious process for you? They went, I'm great at this, and I'm going to backfill everyone else. Or was it really that as you grew, you sort of went, okay, now I can to put some budget over here and hire someone to do this thing that they might yeah. be better at it than me. Was that quite conscious for you to, were you always quite aware that you wanted to do a particular part of the business or was it more of just a, a natural evolution? Yeah. I mean, if, if I could, I would, I would do it all because, but it's just not possible. Mm. Um, so only recently, probably in the last, I'd probably say probably the last six months, I've really, um, try to create the structure a lot more. So I've got like a sales manager who manages the right. team. I've got account managers. I've got a specific person only dedicated to marketing. I used to have a mm. split role and it just did not work, um, but purely because I've got a baby on the way. So <laughs> um, so I need to be able to do that so then I can yeah. focus on what I'm good at because reality is I can't jump on calls all the time. I yeah. can't do marketing all the time. So it's better to have someone. It's also fair for my clients to have someone who's dedicated um, and we work very differently compared to, I guess, large, larger agencies. I mean, we're still a small team. Um, mm-hmm. For example, with Facebook advertisement, you'll have larger organizations um, who will, you know, switch your ads on and that's it. Leave it for a month while we literally monitor them every single day, make changes where needed, contact mm-hmm. the client. We have like a full Slack, Slack, I don't know if you know Slack, but yep, Slack yep, communication yep. system. We, we, we're literally in touch with our clients every single day um mm, mm. not just through email once a month so um so yeah i really needed to be able to delegate to yeah. make sure quality maintained um and as we got bigger as we bring in more clients um in studios we can make sure that we're servicing them the correct way rather than just having a small mm. piece of the pie they feel like they've you know that we're a part of the team that's the cliche i've got is yeah. we're not just yeah. an, we're, we're an extension of your team we're not mm, just a mm. we're not just an outsourced service. We're like as if you're we're there with you the whole way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And has has was that or has that process of sort of handing over and delegating and deferring work was that quite difficult for you as oh, sort, of, still so this sort of type A control freak? <laughs> you want to do everything. Bit. Has that yeah. been difficult to? not just not to delegate but delegate and ensure quality like that that's always an interesting piece so you can delegate to anyone but if they do a shit job then you're always going to be doing more work checking in how have you sort of managed that delegating it but maintaining the quality at the same time to to your standards 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, my sister, she's in HR actually for a large company and I was right. talking to her about this because this is what she does. And, um, yeah, I think my men my mentality, my type of personality, and I think anyone who's a business owner ha wants to have that full control, wants it done their way, wants it, you know, um, as much as we don't want to call it a micromanage, but uh, the reality is we're in they are capable of doing it. Like I have full faith in my team. My, my team are amazing. Um, the people who I've got currently on board are just the most super qualified, you know, love their clients, love their work, love their jobs. Um, and I think that to me is motivation and hustle beats the actual skill. They will learn on the job. So mm, if they yeah, feel yeah. like they, if they feel like they can do it a different way, Sure, I'm probably going to be sitting in the corner. <laughs> Fetal position, I hope this way. <laughs> Fetal position, worrying about it. But reality is, like, just because I've done it a certain way doesn't mean it's completely the right way. Mm. Um, and although I've got that mentality, yes, it's still difficult. But uh, I'd rather them, during this slower period, learn it. So they've had to learn it for, like, six months anyway. Um, learn, adapt, make errors, make changes, you know, as long as you're serving, serv servicing our customers correctly and keeping them, being honest with them and um, being letting them be aware of every situation, most of our, my clients specifically are pretty reasonable. Like as long as you stay, you can see that you're doing a good job and you're trying your hardest, yeah. that's often enough. And, of course, results mm -hmm. come from that anyway. Um, yeah. I hope that yeah. answers that question a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, 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 that ability to... Yeah, it's it's a really interesting um, sort of piece, particularly for people that are much more control focused and yeah. kind of want to do everything and make sure everything's every single thing is pixel perfect the way that you as the yeah. owner um, would expect it to be done. So it's yeah. always palming that work off and having delegating it, but then having full autonomy for the you know, providing that autonomy for the person to mess yeah. it up to fail their own way, to find a different way, to sort of work it out for themselves and do it yeah. in their own way, that's generally that's going to yeah. create a better result because they're engaged in the process, right? They're contributing yeah, and they enjoy their full self. Yeah, you know? they're much more motivated there. It's yeah. their thing. It's their little piece of the world to own. Their responsibility, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, mm. it's definitely difficult though. I'm not going to mm. lie, but... Yeah, uh, yeah, it probably won't happen, and then it probably take a while for me to, <laughs> to get used to you're, it. You'll you'll never get used to it, but <laughs> <laughs> but they but they're great, and I have full faith in them. So yeah, and then, yeah. and that that's that's the the most important thing, right? That you have that faith that the more yeah. often you see it happen, and that as long as those results are maintained, yeah. you'll you'll be able to right. partition off and go, okay, it's it's working. I don't need to be involved as much as I would want Definitely. to. And being honest, mm. like being in a small team, I actually prefer small business than being in mm. a large team in all honesty. You definitely yeah. work harder. There's no doubt about it. But no. being honest with my team as well, like I always say to them, okay, guys, just letting you know, I am I am going to let you <laughs> do everything. Like you've got it under control. All apologies if I'm going to be asking questions. You know me. Yeah. I'm like I, I pretty much uh, acknowledge the fact of who I am yeah. and I'm not stubborn about it. This is who yeah. I am. It's difficult for me, but I have full faith in you. So just bear with me while I learn my journey as well. Mm -hmm. So I always talk yeah. to them about it and they just laugh. Like I went on my baby shower <laughs> and, uh, and my baby moon and I was mm -hmm. like, 
messaging them every time. <laughs> and they were just like, Laura, get off. Like, <laughs> yeah. Go enjoy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I love, yeah, love, love, love that. Having that sense of self is so important as well as, as a business owner, having that, that understanding who you are and how you're going to show up and what you need to do what you need to do. Mm. Um, and again, having having that that ability to openly communicate that with your team. Yeah. That's that's really what genuine leadership is all about, right? Having that ability to that self-awareness yeah. to, know, to know yourself enough to go, look, this is what I'm going to do. It's probably going to be annoying, but, you know, we can laugh it off. We can, you know, as, as, yeah. as long as you're communicating it clearly, um, you will build really? what, what sounds like you have a, a really fun relationship where they understand there's what how it's going to be, yeah. but that you're, you're also giving them I'm that control to I'm yeah. I'm not I'm not putting my hand up and saying I'm completely professional mm. and I'm completely correct all the time. Um, mm. I think I've I've worked with and I've been involved in businesses which put this big professional it's it's mostly happening in corporate in all honesty, but you put the big yeah. professional face on like, oh this is how much I make, this is what I'm the right I'm like I know better than you. Like it's all about yeah. hierarchy and mm. I just don't think that's the way to approach it for sure don't get me wrong sometimes it can bite you in the ass if you're not in a hierarchy position but i rather i much rather be ethical you know honest and if it bites me in the ass i know that in the future it will serve me so mm. that that's the way i'm with my clients as well super honest um you know i'm on their level i'm not any better than them they're not better than me it's like everyone's just a part of the team we're all trying mm. to achieve the same outcome. <laughs> yeah. Really? Love it. I love it. Yeah. Great, great place to, to to wrap the episode on. I think there's a really good message um, for, the, for the agency owners out there looking for a way to maintain their sense of self while they do this crazy journey, this crazy adventure of running a business. Um, okay. If people want to find out more about you, Laura, where are some of the best places? P- pretty easy. As, as we were saying before the show, you're pretty easy to find in the world of social. Um, where are some of the best yeah. places people can connect with you? Yeah, just um, literally going to the website, thecheckthisgroup.com, and then um, obviously, yeah, any of the socials, just send us a message. We're more than happy to um, touch base. And what how it usually works is jump on a phone call and then, yeah, very casual, no, no nothing too formal, and then we kind of come up with a, a strategy um, if needed or if anyone wants to touch base and see more about what we do, then that's awesome too. <laughs> Love it. Love yeah. it. Love the insights on the show. Um, love your journey. Um, love the way that you're, you're setting everything up and providing that that autonomy to your team and yourself and a lot of, all, all the great insights you've provided today. Thank you so much for dropping by the show. Wish you all the best. Um, hopefully there's uh, fewer and fewer lockdowns and shutdowns and restrictions for you and your clients. But, but yeah, who knows? Pro- probably not going <laughs> to be the case, but you, you know yeah. that you can survive it and you've you know you, you now know yeah. how to show your clients how to survive it in a good way as well so exactly yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> as long as you're willing to learn and adapt you can solve anything right so that's it very true awesome thank you so much for dropping by laura thanks everyone for tuning in at home and we'll catch you on the next one thanks perfect bye <laughs>